Today's episode is sponsored by Thug Passion Presents. Thug Passion Presents is a new show on Stitcher Premium hosted by stand-up comics Shalewa, Sharp, and Courtney Fearington. Listen as they share their love of underrated black movies by breaking down scenes with fellow comedians and celebrating the influence these films and characters have had in molding today's culture. I am totally going to listen to this. Thug Passion Presents is out now on Stitcher Premium. Go to stitcherpremium.com slash thugpassion and use the promo code query for a free month of Stitcher Premium. This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart, and as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback, and I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cami here. First of all, I want to encourage you again this week, if you haven't yet, to head over to CameronEsposito.com and you can watch my new special, Rape Jokes, for free. You can also choose to donate. People are continuing to donate as of right now. It's, I mean, I think it's over 55K, but it might be even more than that in donations. And it continues to grow every day. This means so much to me because the whole goal of the project was to center survivors and actually just do something at this time when it feels so overwhelming by the news cycle and God, what can one person do? So I put out this special and you can donate and we can give rain the largest anti-sexual violence organization in the U.S., some much-needed support. Oh, amazing. Thank you. Oh, and by the way, another thing you could do, if you have watched it, is post about the special on social media. It is word of mouth that gets folks engaged, so if you liked it, please continue to tell folks about it. Today's episode, we are talking to Josh Thomas, who's the creator of a really great show that I'm a fan of called Please Like Me. He's Australian. He lives in L.A. now. And um, it was really cool to get a chance to meet him and talk to him about creating that show and his life. And please enjoy this ep. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still Hello. Hello. Yeah. What I always have folks introduce themselves on the show. Will you say who you are? Will you introduce yourself? Uh, my name's Josh Thomas, and um, <laughs> I'm from Australia. And um, I mean, I used to make a show called Please Like Me, but I, I don't anymore. I like that show. I was just saying prior to us recording that I bought the show here in the U.S. so that I could watch it. Well, thank you. And I, I really loved appreciate it. your patronage. You're yeah. You're yeah. welcome. But I mean, thank you. For making a good show. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just keep, this is the whole, it's just yeah. an hour of that. Well, Americans are very grateful. Like in know? general? Very positive and grateful. We always open with a compliment here and close with a compliment. And Australians don't do that. We like insult each other. Or like, <laughs> we don't like people doing well very so much. So am I making, is it uncomfortable to hear nice stuff or does it feel good? I'm like working really hard at like <laughs> accepting compliments and not being like um, no, fuck you actually I'm an idiot and I should die um, which is like how you respond in Australia you're just like no I'm a slug and I don't I'm not worthy of air and that's how you that's how you should be, that's expected but I, wait, finish what you're going to say and yeah. then I'm going to but in America you have retort. to say like correct 
It is really good. <laughs> I'm quite talented. Because what used to happen here is people would like say something nice or they'd ask me how I was going and I'd be like, no, I'm terrible and my life is terrible and I'm not good at anything. And Americans, they, they're not used to that and they just believe it. You oh, know? But wow. in a, sure. Australia, you can't be like, think too big of yourself. That's like culturally That's inappropriate. Yeah. So, um, but here, if you do that, they're just like, oh, this is my, this is Josh and he's rubbish. That's funny though, also because sometimes people, and in this case, this is not true because yeah. I have totally watched your show and really liked it. But also sometimes when you're talking to folks in like a, a PR sense, they're going to lead with a compliment. And they maybe haven't seen that thing. And then now you are stuck in a very long conversation with somebody who was just. And they don't know what they're talking yeah, about because like, they will just lie to you in this country. Yeah. Always happens when Australians who like want to, you know, do television or whatever. And they come over here and they do all these general meetings, right? Which is where you just go and meet people for no reason or, or whatever. And then all the executives are like, oh, my God, we love you. You're so terrific. Absolutely. We should work together. And for the first like two weeks. Because you wouldn't in Australia, you wouldn't say that if you didn't mean it. You're like, I have so many jobs. I'm <laughs> overcommitted. Like, I can't believe I have this many jobs. That I'm, I'm going to be a billionaire. Yeah. You just feel so good about yourself, and it took me like a year to realize not to. <laughs> but that's not really. A, uh, well, I'll say this. Okay, number one, um, I don't think that anybody that's an artist is like inherently good at taking compliments. That kind of is not thinking that. It is totally stigmatized to actually think you're to think you're good good at your work. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. don't like that, don't they? Yeah, I don't think so. But I feel like if you're at like a, if you're socializing or you're at like some event or something, if you're on like the red if you're on like a red carpet, and you're doing an interview about your latest show, you have to say like, yeah, it's really great. I'm really proud of the work. Yeah, but see, that's not you. That's the show. Yeah. Do you okay. see how that's an immediate deflection? You've created like this distance between you and the so thing I, that you've done. So that's how you do it. You just talk about this other thing. Oh man. Yeah. No. I, I worked with such a great group of people yeah. to create this thing that has nothing to do with me. My face is on it, and I did, yeah. and I am the star of it, and I did create it. But I'm just so lucky. Like it's mostly everybody else around it that really. Okay. Well, I'll pretend to be. Yeah. Exactly. That's how you do it. It's faux humility. Faux humility with a really undercurrent of like how terrific are we? Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I really think this has been a constructive conversation yeah. that's going to help me going forward. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks. And also the the folks that are um, – that thing that you're talking about, about people telling you, like, it's really great to meet you and stuff, that's, that's partially, like – so folks don't want to burn a bridge because yeah. they don't know what's going to happen with you in the future. Mm-hmm. And they don't know – so they're they're just trying to keep, like, all avenues open. Which, which I, I feel like I understand because, like – I do that on like Tinder, you know, like oh boys God, will right. be like, we should hang out. And I'd be like, yeah, of course we should hang out. But then maybe actually I, I, I don't want to enough to actually go, <laughs> but I don't want to be like, no, because yeah, maybe on Tuesday I want to hang out. And I feel like everybody's doing that there. That's absolutely what's happening. But I've never really understood it in a, that much in a professional context. Like I was in a meeting and this guy's like, mm, do you want to write the Hot, Meal, Hot Wheels movie? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't want to write the Hot Wheels movie. That sounds dumb. And then he was like a bit taken aback, but I felt like that's it would be stupid to say I wanted to if I didn't want to do it. Like, well, why waste people's time? Yeah, I mean, you're not wasting people's time. Uh, it's more so just like I think we. I think that Los Angeles is so. Anyway, this is not America. Los yeah. Angeles is just doing something different with business than I think a lot of places are doing. Yeah, with no business. one wants to. Because a lot of pl- in a lot of fields, you also know you didn't get the job. Like you yeah. go in for a job interview, 
And then they say like, you're a really great welder yeah. and we're going to give you the job. You, and then You know you got the job or yeah. you know you didn't get the job. Mm-hmm. It happens like pretty quickly versus here it's like the job is so nebulous and can happen for the rest of your life. So like you maybe, you maybe did get the job, but it's just 10 years from now. You got yeah, yeah, that's true. But that's – but hey, you're much more than somebody who recently moved to America. You have a whole – a whole other thing, I slew of things that you can But they often educate. haven't seen it, you know? Me? Yeah. Um, like, you moved here when? In November. And how is it? You know, I was really liking it, and then I had to go to the DMV, and everyone told me it was going to be banned, and I know you all know, and you don't care, but my God, it's the worst place in the whole world, and... I don't understand how people are okay with it. I was there for six hours. What would that not be true in Australia? You can just you're you, in you, and out. You would go and you'd get a ticket from a machine and you'd sit on a chair and then you'd someone would call your number in twenty minutes and then you'd solve the problem at one desk and then you would leave. I don't know why it takes so long. I don't then. know. Do I you didn't. Know what it made I didn't know that was an option. I didn't know one could. This is the thing. This is the only thing I know. Yeah. So I didn't, I never thought of that being an option. The first time I went there. 20 minutes? I went there three times. The first time I went there, I queued up for 90 minutes and there were maybe 300 people in front of me on the street. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, oh, I'm not actually getting in today. Like I've only moved like 10 feet. Um, did you see how I said feet there? Was that smooth? That was great. I felt like, I believed it. Yeah. I okay. believed like you knew feet. Yeah. Okay, good. Because I don't. And um and then I went back, and this, then the second time I went, I was like, okay, well, I have to go, at, and I went at 7 a.m. No, I went at 6.30 a.m., and I got on the line an hour and a half before it opened. There were already, like, 100 people in front of me. So, and like, then, how many meters is 100 people? Let's 100 see how I did it. Like, I did um, it right back. Yeah. I made that sound believable, too. I, I really thought it was yeah, convincing. Yeah. 15? I don't know. Yeah. And then I got to the front, and she's like... I didn't have this piece of paper that I needed, but I didn't know. She was confusing me. I was like, sorry, I just don't understand. And she goes, I don't know what you don't understand. You don't have the piece of paper. Get out of the line. And she like yells at me. And I've been in this queue for 90 minutes. And then I left the line. And then I, I started crying, which I do not. Like, I do not cry. But I just was like so tired and it was raining. And um, then I went back the next time, two hours early again, to get in. It was two and a half hours to wait to get the ticket. That's yes. insane. That's not acceptable. I So I think maybe I don't – look, I'm sorry. That Do you I'm know gonna, what it made me understand? I'm sorry I'm going to ask this question. No, yeah. you go and then I'm going to ask a follow-up. No, I'm going to – What did it make you thing. understand? Oh, because I was going to say uh, this is – ready? This is my level of – I'm sorry mm-hmm. in advance. How many people live in Australia? You don't need to know the population. I don't know the population of America. It's like 24 million. Okay. We just – I don't know your, your like. Why is it different? I don't think I understand here. why. St- oh well, There's no, no that's true. Everything I, weird. Like, are you saying you can do it on the internet? You guys own Silicon Valley. Why are the Why is the written test that I did not on a touch screen? Because I had to hand it in and wait for a lady to mark it. It took half an hour. I think it's like so. We don't really love to invest a lot of money in our government. Yeah, and especially in sectors where like there would be a huge turnover, right? So, like, Silicon Valley's here, but that's private enterprise. That's not the government. So, like, that's why Apple is, like, on its own vibe making yeah. things for the future, but, like, the government is using paper. So much because paper. Because... You guys write checks? I mean, I don't... people here with checks. I don't check write checks, but, yeah, they them? do exist. I haven't seen a check since I was 12. Right. Like, no, it's because we... 
Yeah, we don't put money in technology. But you're so smart. Like, it's a smart country. It's not smart. It's choices. Yeah. It's people not wanting to invest. I mean, have you lived in America long enough to hear people, like, mad that they pay for roads? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is what made me understand. It's why, because when you're in a, live in another country what's really that has universal health care, you just can't understand why people in America who don't have money don't want it, right? Why poor people vote against it. You're like, but just wouldn't you want to have it? And then you queue up the DMV for six hours and you're like, yeah, I don't want the guy at the end of this queue touching my junk either. Like, I right. get it why you would feel this way. And then last night I was in this Uber and the lady said it to me. She said, oh yeah, that's why, she said, my sister always thinks we should have like the NHS and I'm telling her I don't want it because of the bureaucracy. And she's like, I want to get my own healthcare. And then she says to me, but I can't afford it. And I'm like, but but don't you want it? And then she's like, well, I used to have it, but it was $760 a month, which is wild. And then she starts telling me that she's not buying her asthma medication because that's $350 a month. And I'm, I'm just like, but why don't you... Why don't you want it? Because we were sold the whole you do you know any you know the whole thing that like the whole thing is that when you grow up here you're sold this idea that people did make it by themselves like that yeah. that was ever part of America. Like for instance that it was all equal. Yeah. But then some people got really rich from an equal place. We don't necessarily talk about how like um white people just got free land. And nobody else did. In <laughs> fact, white people stole the free land yeah. uh, and killed a bunch of people. Not and good. then uh, that's why wealth exists. Yeah. It's like based in free land. And so like that's why you can say to somebody like bootstraps, you can say that word like a lot. But it turns out if they don't have like if their family like five generations ago didn't get like a bunch of free land, then probably like they're not rich They've now. got no money. Well, she doesn't. I don't know. But it's like it's a it's a myth. So you're here to bust this myth with your Australian logic. Well, I was so I was trying to be. I was really nice to her. But obviously, like I was just I just felt so sad. I just, but I just don't know why she would vote against getting the asthma medication. She should be making rich people pay for that because she somebody told her that she should pay for it herself. She's like, I'm a bad person if I don't pay for it myself. Is that why? Isn't that a lot? Yeah, and then also she's like, I don't want to pay for other people's asthma medication. I'm just like, like, don't take from me. But it's like you would get it for free too. That's what I'm saying about the roads. There's yeah. a lot of people that get mad about their taxes going to roads. So what do they want? How do they want roads to happen? There is no follow up thought. <laughs> like it's just that. Like, well, like I gotta pay for these other these. I gotta pay for these roads that everybody else drives on. And you're like, friend. Yeah, you need them. You also drive on this road. Yeah, it's, uh, you must, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think. I'm, oh, you Uber on it. Most people drive on Yes, yeah. still using it. You've got to use <laughs> yeah, it. you're still using I don't I know, know. Guys. I'm sorry that, I'm sorry. No, I mean, I'm I'm it. it's a great country. It is it's a great country. It's been so fun. I love living here. It's just uh, yesterday you know, spent you six hours at the DMV, and then that lady started telling you about her asthma medication, and I was like, this is this, this could be better. just could be. Do you know, I mean, uh, this is, you should talk about all of this. Like your whole time that you're here, when you go in those always. meetings and they say like. Yeah. Americans love hearing criticism about their country. I wish we'd stop doing it. Do you want to talk about gays? Sure. I'm gay. I, I, I'm also gay. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. We both have button downs on. That's how you can tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just dress the same. Button down shirt. We do have like the same outfit on. We yeah. really do. We have like light pants and like blue shirts and we look like. 
twin best friends. Mm-hmm. Just twin yeah. best friends. Even kind of like the same hair going on, except yours is like making more of a flop today than mine is. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's a nice... A flop is a positive thing. <laughs> Mine's right. just slicked back. I wish mine was a flop. Oh, devastating. I think your hair's nice. Um, but yeah, you are you are gay and like, let me be the one to tell you. And also in your show. I've been told by lots of yeah. people, usually out, <laughs> out of pickup trucks. But. In your in your show, uh, you also play a gay character in yeah. movies like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that show because you are a gay character that totally talks about being gay, mm-hmm. totally is experiencing being gay. And then also has a full life. Yeah. And I think something that I hate is when people say, like, what if they were just gay, but they didn't even talk about like that's that's silliness to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved that you created a show where somebody had like a true like a sense of identity, but then also was out in the world dealing with other things beyond that identity. Like both things were true. It wasn't that. Yeah, because it is the thing to be gay. Yeah. Although sometimes I forget. I don't know. That it's, like, interesting to yeah. have this. And when I was making that show, I would do, like, when we're making this show, I don't do any publicity because, like, I don't want to. And then I'll start doing it when the show goes to air. And then just, like, all day, every day, everyone, everyone will be like, so you're gay. And I'd be like, oh, shit, I kind of forgot, you know, because I don't wake up every morning next to my boyfriend and be like, what? <laughs> I totally forget, and, like, too. It is normal. Yeah. And then as soon as you kind of, I don't know, leave, like, my little group or, like, my suburb, I remember that, like, oh, being gay is, like, um, pretty weird. No? Yeah. Well, something that I have done in the in a similar vein is write a specific joke and have somebody be like, this is – or just write a joke and have somebody go, like, this is so spe- – like, in a script, this yeah. is so specific. Like, how did you even come up with this? And I'm like, oh, Oh, you think this is specific because like you've never heard this, but yeah, this is like every day of my life mm-hmm. is this experience. Is this a joke about scissoring? No, no. <laughs> get out of here! You're fired. <laughs> no, it's like probably like a joke about jackets or something. I don't know okay, something yeah. just like very because there is also like there's a whole culture of queerness, and there's a like whether or not um, like you might you might not wake up thinking that you're gay, but if you're waking up with a boyfriend, you're thinking, like, you're two dudes waking up together, so there's some specificity to that, and it's just, like, not specificity that you're experiencing a counterpoint to. You're not, you're not, like, sometimes waking up with a woman, sometimes waking up with a man, and then, like, noting it. Sometimes I think about being in a heterosexual relationship, and I think, oh, that would be, that'd be shit. What, what makes, what comes to mind? That would be I shit. I don't know. You know, they always like um, they always talk about the other person like they're aliens a bit or something. You know, like oh my wife this or something, and like oh my husband and his sports. They just I don't know. It doesn't. I don't think it seems as good. But I, are you allowed <laughs> to say that? I think you're allowed to say whatever you want. I don't think it seems as good. It, I hear what I. I think, definitely am a, like a gay supremacist. <laughs> <laughs> There's absolutely a part of. I mean, I'm a stand-up comic. Yeah. The number of times I hear somebody talk about, and I'm probably breaking this to you. You probably never thought about this, but it's like a lot of men do stand-up comedy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the number of times I've heard about somebody's wife, and it's weird because 
you never hear from that wife. Like she never gets to walk on no. and give like a rebuttal. Um, and the tone is never that nice. And the tone is never that nice. No, but I feel like, I don't know. Sometimes it can be nice, but it's a rarity. I feel like there's like younger comics who are now branching into this like almost like new feminist era yeah, where they okay. can say something nice about their wife. But it does seem like, um, yeah, there's there's definitely – like a real distance in understanding the other person. It doesn't sound that fun to me. I don't want to do it, and I won't. <laughs> and I don't have to. That's unfortunate. No That's what me. this podcast is. It's <laughs> at the end of this, a group of women will walk in here, and you have to pick one, or you can't leave. Actually, you have to pick one, or you go straight to the DMV. That's so, this <laughs> door. Through this door is a DMV. And sorry, this is just look. I don't make the rule. I made these rules, but I don't make the rules. Yeah, but okay. I did make these rules, and this no. is what the rules are. You have to go right in there. I don't want to. Okay, well, I mean, sorry, you got yourself here, so you you. Okay, well, that's fair. <laughs> you've got yourself. In this well, I can't argue with that logic. Position. You were pretty young when you made when you started making this show. How old were you when you like got the show? Twenty five. That's really young. And um, but I started doing stand up when I was seventeen. So also very young. Yeah, I've always been young. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but not anymore. And I'm thirty. And ah, gross. Like, you know, disgusting. <sighs> Um, but you started doing stand-up when you were 17. How? Mm. Why? Where did you go? What was happening? I did this. Um, I don't think I can make this story interesting, but I'll try my best. Um, I did this comedy competition in Australia that's, like, quite big. And it was, like, my first gig, and I, like, won it. And Your then, first gig? Yeah. And then, um, but it was so funny to watch a child, you know, um, do stand-up. It's, like, such a novelty. And then they made this TV show in Australia where they needed like a Gen Y person. Um, you guys say millennials, but you know what you know they both are. And um, I was the only one, so I got on that show. And it's like this really stupid like game show. But like once they poured like a bucket of sour cream on my grandma's head, um, and it was like the <laughs> highest rated show in Australia like a few, when it was on. And um, and then from there, I just did stand-up. So, like, you getting your I own like scripted a, shows, like, maybe an inevitability at that point because you're, you've you done these two really high-profile things. And a profile. But, I mean, that, that, that show's quite, like, my last show's, like, quite proper and, like, um, grown-up. For us, like, I was doing, like, the show I did after that was, you had a here called Splash, but we called it Celebrity Splash, where I did, like, Olympic it, high diving. Oh, my God. Wait, 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 <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hang on, hang on. And you were one of the competitors? Yeah, I was one I of had the to, I had to... Did you see how I had to back away mm. from the microwave? No. From the microwave. From the microphone. <laughs> just to like get ready to ask you that. You were one of the competitors. Yeah, I did a one and a half somersault off the three meter springboard. And I could look this up on the internet. It's not on there. Thank Christ. That sucks yeah. for me. I mean, it's great for you. Congrats. Oh, um, thank goodness. Although I bet it's like. It was fun so to fun. Watch. I learned how yeah. to dive and. And it was it was pretty. I really liked doing that Wait, kind of dumb I need television. To, I, I do it all the time <laughs> when you do like dumb games and things. I feel like I need to slow down. You're 17. You go on this show. I did when you say your first, when I was like 23, I think. But like yeah. the stand up competition. When you say like that's your first thing, mm-hmm. your first gig. Do you were you doing stand up prior to that at like mics and anything like that, or no. you're just literally talking into a micro microphone? Ugh. I'm so tired. <laughs> What's happening to me? You're, you're talking into a microphone on television for the first time. The it first wasn't time on TV. It. It's the only year they that they didn't televise it, and I'm really happy about that as well because mm. it's embarrassing. Like that is like an embarrassing gig. What's embarrassing about it? 
I was like 17 and I was like up there talking about, what how, I'm, talking about? Talking about how I'm not gay. And oh, then um, sure. everyone thinks I'm gay, but I'm not gay. And then like actually like some pretty misogynistic jokes, you know, I didn't know better. Um, and it's just bad. It was just bad. And you won with that material. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like funny. It was misogynistic, not in a way that anybody was complaining about. We wouldn't complain about it now, but I now you would be like, no, no. yeah, I feel like that's not acceptable to say on stage. Well, I mean, I think, may I say that I would actually kind of be worried about you as a comic if jokes from 13 years ago felt right to you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because sometimes when you see a comic that's been like in the same zone mm-hmm. for 20 years or something like that, or especially if that comic then complains about like oh the standards these days like (laughs) everybody wants me to use these new words and I'm like friend you should be using these words like it's actually troubling that you aren't you need to update you really need to update like you should be updating pretty consistently but at least within the last decade you can't just like dig your heels in and hope the audience will change right or or stay the same like i'm gonna tell the jokes forever the same age audience will come in and Mm -hmm. they will always have the same perspective like that's that's really wild no yeah you're gonna say uber instead of taxi and not make fun of minorities exactly yeah both of those things are true (laughs) you you can also say lift yeah, That's probably better, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Be cooler. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that, but having jokes at all at seventeen. I mean, I didn't start doing stand up till I was twenty five. I was doing improv before that. Yeah, I started okay. at like nineteen. But stand up is so improv is you can hide a little bit more. Like if you're a teenager and you're doing improv, you're participating with folks around you. You're mm-hmm. not like standing there saying these are my views no, that actually like, sounds tough cripplingly shy oh but my like, to just get to like ride it and get to say it was like thrilling you know to be like in control and be like this is like what i want to say and because otherwise in conversations i'd panic and like just be so stupid but then on stage at like 19 i was in control and it was fun that's how i still feel about stand-up i think i a stopped lot of- feeling that way oh for me it flipped <laughs> Oh, tell me more. So, like, now you feel uncomfortable on stage? Yeah, I don't do it anymore. Mm, got it. Yeah. I stopped when I got another job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because like, yeah, I think a lot of times people think that comics are, like, super social people because they imagine getting up in front of an audience is about confidence with people. But yeah. I actually think it's usually stems from, like, a lack of confidence with people where you're like – I'll put you all together, speak mm-hmm. to you as one singular human, even though there are like hundreds or thousands of I have you. like a plan. I'll have a plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your job is to say nothing, but you'll know when to participate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great. I wish more, more, more things were like that. Oh, the having a plan is also a huge part of it. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Social situations. Well, how do you feel now socially? Like Fine. Just as a yeah. Human? I don't care. Yeah. You just got older? What yeah, happened? you get older and I don't know, you realize oh, what, what does it matter, mm. <laughs> you know? I mean, I still get kind of exhausted with with social interaction. Like I'm truly an introvert where yeah. I have like a battery that if I go out and I have to talk to a bunch of people, then... You're just done. I Yeah, like I have to ghost. Like I have to be like, I'm actually fully done and I need to leave immediately. I'm trying to I'm trying to work out, like this is a new thing to me because I usually just will never leave. And then sometimes I'm like, no, I'm not having that good a time. Cause I just move countries, so like I'm hanging out with all new people, you know, like I don't have my like 
at home, I really do just hang out with the same four people all the time. And yeah, now I'm learning to be like, actually, I'm going to go. And it's like thrilling, isn't it? I just, to just be like, oh, I'm, I'm done with today and I don't need to see what happens next. Yeah. Is, I love it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been doing that for I've a, be- a really long time. My, my wife also like is somebody who can hang for a lot longer than I can and then sometimes used to feel bad about like just leaving. Does she stay? They. My wife uses they. Um, sometimes my wife will stay and yeah. I'll leave. But also like – other times, I just had to. I just had to convince Ria. Like I had to just be like, you don't. There's a bunch of people here. If we don't say bye, they'll know that we left. Yeah, because oh, we will yeah. not continue to be here. And yeah. so they'll actually get the message from that too. Like it's okay to say hi and like be friendly, but just you don't out. have to say bye. No, yeah. I mean, I say bye. Well, you're, it sounds like you're polite. <laughs> <laughs> I say bye. Do you when you. You said boyfriend. Do you have a? Did that person come with you to the U.S. or is this? No, we broke up because I moved. Yeah, I'm sorry to ask that, but you I know it's fine. It's not that. It's not a big thing. Well, no, it's yeah. a huge thing. Yeah, yeah but that's no, fine. That's what happened. Did that factor into your decision? Like to, when to you did it? You know, like were you were you staying for a minute, or were you? Did you just know it was right for you? Um, well, I'm working on a thing here and I had to move here for it and he couldn't work here and I didn't want him to like quit everything to like come over here. I was like, it's, we, just, we were together for five years and I felt like that was like a long time. Yeah, that is a long time. Yeah, that's a long time. We'll do something else. See what happens. Yeah. I, I had a relationship that was like kind of at that age in my life and um, also end because of Geography across continents. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, it's a lot of pressure to put on a relationship to decide to move like that far. Yeah. I mean, for it's or fun. with somebody. Yeah. Like it's like, it's one thing if it's like a couple states away or between like Sydney and Melbourne, like, like that's like one thing. But if you're talking about like in, an entirely different country on an entirely different continent no, where nothing would be the same, that's a lot. Well, and where he can't work. Yeah, so that's that's huge. He could come on my visa and not work, but what, that sounds terrible. And I would just hate. I would just. Hate I was him. in that same position. Yeah. yeah, that same thing where somebody's visa ran out, and yeah, they were like, "What am I staying here?" To just like, no, well, you need to have like stories no, to tell is, me. Yeah, this is. You need to go out and live a life and have right. like things to say. Hey, Queeros, today's episode is sponsored by Tomboy X. It is time for you to stop wearing undies that don't make you feel confident. That's where Tomboy X comes in. They've got, like, all sorts of cuts from bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, trunks, and boy shorts to soft bras and racerback bras. They've got everyday basic colors, fun seasonal prints, options from extra small to 4X. Wherever you fit on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing undies that anybody can feel comfortable in. I wear the four-inch undies. Oh my God, I'm talking about undies. And they're especially good for sleeping in. So you just head over to TomboyX.com query and you can get 15% off with the code query. That's right. Use query for 15% off. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. 
Today's episode is sponsored by Dr. Game Show. If you've ever wanted to test your competitive chops on a game show, you should be listening to Dr. Game Show right now, right here on Earwolf. In each episode, host Joe Firestone, very funny, and Manolo Moreno, I just don't know Manolo, but Joe is great, and I'm sure Manolo's great too, play listener-created games with comedian guests and live call-ins. The games are hilarious, creative, and totally unpredictable. It's a show the whole family can enjoy. Friends, they've had great guests like Chris Gethard, Matt Gourley, Brian Safi, Lauren Lapkus, oh, Tawny Newsom, personal friend of mine. Well, actually, all those people are friends of mine. If you want to be on the show, you can submit your game show ideas to drgameshow at gmail.com or follow Dr. Game Show on Facebook and Twitter to know when you can play along live. Check out new episodes of Dr. Game Show every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. I want to talk about, this is a thing that I'm obsessed with at the moment that I want to talk about because we're on a gay podcast. Tell me. Um, Casting gay characters and whether they need to be gay or whether it doesn't matter. Yeah, we were just, we were just kind of mentioning this like right before and I said, shut your mouth because I want to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. What are your thoughts? No, I want to know yours first. Okay, I'll tell you mine first. Um, I, to me, it's important to put queer folks into queer Mm -hmm. roles because I think- that um, what I'm interested right now in, in television, is specificity. Like when something feels um, truly unique. And I think it's hard to get that regardless of the talent of the actor. Yeah. When there is a distance between that person's lived experience and the role that they're playing in terms of gender and sexuality right now. So you just think that like I don't think that's going to be true forever. Playing queer people because it so. really means something right now. Yeah. Like it really means something to be queer. It really means something to be trans. It really means something to be non-binary. Like as a human, you're operating within that sphere all the mm-hmm. time, and I just think it adds to that person's performance. Not to mention that like a lot of queer folks, non-binary folks, trans folks, like need the work like there's a social justice element to it too where it's like especially if you're like let's say visibly queer or visibly trans so that like you can't play a straight role like a lot of times people use that argument where it's like well and i would want gay people to play straight roles but like you're you're sitting across the table from me right now. yeah can i play a can i play like a straight ingenue (laughs) like if i'm if i'm cast as a straight ingenue the joke is that i'm a lesbian yeah, okay. Right? Like, I, like I can't play straight. Um, I guess you could play, like, characters that are, like, undefined. But, yeah, I don't... I could play undefined, yes. Like, yeah. if the character description had, like, nothing. Like, yeah. just, like, she's whatever, then I can totally play that character. And yeah, I've I probably totally wouldn't want to see you do a, a love story with a boy. In the same way I wouldn't do a love story with a girl. But I would yeah. play, like, undefined. Yeah, undefined, I think, totally. Yes. I do sort of think... So I've never... In my last show, all the major love interests were straight, but I um, I thought they were gay <laughs> because I do sort of think you can't ask someone's sexuality in a job interview. That's true, you can't. So uh, for me, going in casting, I mean, obviously sometimes you can really tell. You're like, that is a, that is a gay. Um, and then sometimes you don't, I don't know, and I don't want to ask, and I don't think it should matter, but then... I agree that as much as possible, we should be hiring gay people. On that show, 
my last show, they were just the best. And in Australia, casting is a bit different because it's such a small pool of actors. And I was like, these are the best people that we have. And I, I, back then, I didn't even consider whether I cared what sexuality or whatever they were. And um, I do also think like, oh, there's like a, if you're going to put queer stories on television, you want to have the best person doing them that you can find because you want it to be cool. Like you want it to really work. Absolutely. So in those cases, I think, yeah, I was fine with the choice. And then now I'm casting again and I don't know, again, I just, you're not allowed to ask. Sometimes you sort of know. And then I'm not sure how much, like, some people are really militant about it. They find it really offensive. But I don't find it offensive. I don't know. I think, um, well, one thing that's true is that in Los Angeles, there isn't a small pool of yeah, talent. Yeah, so you, can, you should be able to find exactly so what you So you should want. be able to find that yeah. person. And that's the thing that I think sometimes people don't think about because that argument that that you used in casting and you're like, in Australia, it's a pretty small pool. Yeah. Like I think sometimes folks um, make that argument when they don't work in the field because people also make that argument in like law or like yeah. or like who gets into college. You mm-hmm. know, like people make that argument and it, it kind of presu- presumes a really small pool. Um, and I think, I mean, the thing in LA is like, there's so much talent here and there's so many different folks that, I mean, the one barrier is if you really need a famous person, which, by the way, sometimes one does. Like, in order to sell yeah. a movie um, that has, like, a huge budget, sometimes you really need a famous person. Or sometimes to sell a risky indie, like a really risky indie movie. I'll give you an example. Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. Like, that was a riskier movie, and it helped them to sell it to have, like, straight actors attached. Is that, that why they did it? I mean, they're just, like, famous people, you know? Yeah. Like, Army Hammer's just a famous yeah, okay. person. Obviously, Timothy Shelton. I'm not saying neither of those people are talented, but I just mean, like, versus an, a nameless queer person. Like, if, you, if, yeah. if you're if you the producers on that movie, I can understand making the choice for Army Hammer because you think he might sell tickets. Yeah. Like, I understand making that Which decision. is important because if you want queer stories in film, you need people to be doing it in a way that's going to really work and is going to sell tickets. Otherwise, you just don't get them on screen. And for me, it's more important to have them on screen than to give that one person a job. Um, I just, like, I want it to be as good as it can be so that it's successful and people do it again. But then the other thing that you come up against is because maybe queer actors don't, get as many opportunities they're not as good because they're less experienced so like straight people are getting better these guys are better because they worked on all these shows and they're just coming with this confidence and the queer actors especially in Australia you know there's not much for them to do they're so inexperienced so it's like do we just work with this person and try and get them to a level where they like can do that or do you take someone who's probably going to do it better yeah I just don't know I mean again it's like I do think I hear that question I just don't know that it applies to Los Angeles as much as we think it applies. Like in this town, not in every town. For instance, like when folks talk about using like trans folks to play mm-hmm. trans roles, it's like there are legit a shit ton of really talented and even experienced on stage or like indies or shorts or whatever. Like maybe they haven't led a TV show before, but mm-hmm. those folks are around. And I think um, – Again, sometimes the name thing trumps more than anything else. Sometimes it's just like the fame thing. That's shitty, isn't it? 
So maybe that's just how well, that's it like is. how the system is built. Yeah. And I think that I think continuing to talk about it helps, you know, like just like saying, um, saying that that's a part of it and, and letting even like an audience know, because then it's like, Hey, <laughs> I don't know. Like there isn't, we didn't cast the most famous person in this role. We wanted to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. This is why we did this casting. Come see this movie and see us be honest. Like that is, I think also a really good way. Well, there's never going to be film. famous queer people if you don't cast them. That's right. I don't know. Have you seen the movie Tangerine? No. It's on like Netflix here in the U.S. And it's um, and the big thing about it was that it was shot on iPhones mm-hmm. with like attachments, you know. So there's there's good lenses and stuff, but it looks amazing. And um, the filmmaker is a straight white cis dude, and it's about two black trans sex workers, and he like went i mean and folks have a bunch of different opinions about this but he went to the LA LGBT center like found an a uh, person that he really connected with a woman who really connected with and then like she helps shape the story and um is the star of the movie and mm-hmm. so like that's an that was an unknown person and he kind of like let her be the expert in yeah. an area that he was like not an expert in at all, but just had this vision for the film. And I think I'm excited about that stuff. You know, like I'm excited about people in positions of power, um, like thinking that could make a movie good. Yeah. Because it did. Like it, like the movie got a ton of attention that if that had not been a trans woman, like I do not think when that movie got, would have gotten any have been attention. Better, it's more authentic. And- yeah. And it's like, they're also like shooting it dirty. Like it's on phones and they're just like walking down the street. So like authenticity really matters in that area. You can't be like, we're raw and gritty, but like, meanwhile, like none of the casting looks correct. Yeah. Like you have to, I think back up your shit. Um, but I hear what you're saying. It's complicated. It's like a complicated issue. Also, here's the good news. Um, you are also involved in these projects, well, I'm gay. Which is helpful. Yeah, it's not going to be not authentically gay. Yes. My last show was pretty authentically gay. I think it's pretty authentically gay. And, um, yeah, I mean, I did think they're gay. Also, there's this other thing where I'm like, like, one of the actors, I think he's a bit gay. I'm sure he's a bit gay. But he doesn't, like, really identify as gay. And also, like, just, like, boxing people was always kind of weird. Like, here's how I think you can do it also. You can't, you can't ask the person. You're right. That's like literally illegal. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot ask, but you can, um, know. So what that is, is like investing in your community and like yeah. knowing who's out and. Well, you can usually Google people if they're gay, they're out. And Absolutely. You can find out. And- um, or like trying to use the folks that you do know that are out and asking them who they know. Yeah. Like trying to create a, like a sphere of. Folks but even then, you, know. you still—I don't know. I just not. It's not I just have this thing where I, I agree with everything. I agree with everything. But then I have this thing where I'm like, no, you shouldn't be giving people jobs based on their sexuality. That's just like. But you're not. You're giving them the job because they're good. You're just, just matching it up. Yeah. You're just like giving the. I mean, I don't think that's why anybody gets the job. Because they can call me by your name. That older guy. He's not gay. Army you know? Hammer is not gay. No, no, and he's not gay in that movie. I was like, that's not a gay man. I don't care how short these shorts are. He's not convincingly gay. And I was just like, I just don't like believe it. You well, know? he has a deep voice. So you know how yeah. <laughs> gay men have deep voices. That's how he was cast. Um, Do gay men have deep voices? No, I don't know. I just am saying that as he's something. Like, that's something. 
that guy's not gay. I believe he's that younger. Can boy I say gay. that uh, I have also listened to the audiobook of Call Me by Your Name, and that actor, Army Hammer, is the one who reads it, and it is. It's a really, it's like a too sexy for public experience because he has like such a great voice. Oh, and yeah. I, I am a nerd and I listen to audiobooks mm-hmm. where I, while I go on hikes and walk around. And that was, it's a really dirty book. It's like dirtier than the movie. Like they like fully describe a lot of sex acts. Oh, yeah. He yeah, has a yeah. beautiful voice. Oh, that <laughs> so I was fun. just, I would recommend it. Maybe like, I'm going to change my opinion on this guy. Yeah. Like pop it, pop those earbuds in your ears and walk around. Also, he's not actually gay in the thing, right? He gets married. This is like, is he meant to be closeted in that movie? I've ruined the end of the movie. Sorry, guys. Um, shit. I regret that. Um, but is he meant to be closeted gay or is he meant to be bisexual in that movie? I think that it is unclear. I also think that— Because then it's sort of fine to cast a straight guy if they're—I don't know. I mean, I mean, I guess, although I, I guess like, in a perfect world, then you would cast a bisexual guy. Then, yeah. I mean, I think it's—maybe that movie is trying to say something about sexuality that's a little bit more expansive than gay. But that's yeah. a very nuanced conversation to be trying to have— about media in 2018. Is like he when just the, experimenting? No, I mean, I think it's kind of maybe about like, well, because I, I've read that, I mean, are you ready for like the nerdiest answer? I've read yeah. other books by that guy, the Andre Asman, mm-hmm. who, read, who wrote that. And he has other books where there's male characters who have like both male and female partners. And in Call Me By Your Name, the book, uh, Elio, the younger character, has like a female partner at the same time yeah. that he's with Oliver. And in the movie, it's almost kind of glossed over the female partner. But um, in the book, he really likes her. And yeah. he likes Oliver in a different way. Like it's like a much more consuming love. But he also isn't just like throwing this woman away. And it's a pretty interesting view on sexuality because I feel like we got like so strict yeah. for a while. On labels where it's like you have to really firm up your edges, otherwise like but that's why straightness like or gayness can creep in. And this just cr- seemed more advanced than that. Exactly. And then people criticizing that movie. I don't know who's, what side I'm on on this, by the way. People criticizing that movie for not have, having straight actors. Well, I is, don't know how Timothy is he straight identifies. Him? I have no idea. I Nor do I really know how. There's all these people like complaining about it, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think like it should be in a perfect world. It shouldn't in- matter, I don't think. But then it does. I'm I'm really – I think this conversation, it's like – It's so hard. It's very hard to arrive in a solid place. I think it shouldn't matter, but then I'm like, but it does matter. That's I think cool. all of those things are true. Yeah. The good news about that movie, for me, I'm curious as your thoughts about – your thoughts is that I actually thought those two actors had a lot of chemistry between them. Did you think they had chemistry? I thought the I'm not I'm terrible with names. I thought the younger guy was just incredible and But you didn't think he had chemistry with that older guy? I didn't think that I didn't believe that older guy for a second. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Because I thought they were like kind of sexy together and I was happy about that because something that I often see happen in, in shows is like not just that it's straight actors, but oftentimes it's like straight actors that <laughs> don't even make any yeah. sense together. It's like two women that both have really long hair yeah. because like, and really long hair and like very tight dresses. Not that that's not what lesbians <laughs> ever look like. Of course that's, there are bi women and there are lesbians that look like that. Um, but I just mean like, and then they are smooching 
from a place of nowhere. Like yeah. it's like there's like they've never had a conversation that's been sexy. They're not talking to each other close. They're not making eye contact, and then it's just like kissing from from nothing. Well, this is one of the things I had with the straight guys in my show. Is I wanted the scenes where we kissed to look really fun and like like we really liked it. But then I, I want to creep onto these guys. Like I did like it did feel a bit weird. The times I had to do kissing scenes with real gay guys, it was like a lot more comfortable. But that makes sense. All our guys did it. They really did it. Like, also, I would say weird maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. weird maybe as a boss. Well, like you're also the boss absolutely. and you're like, and here's the part where you kiss me, the boss. I like, directed Like episode. I've like written this mm-hmm. and, and I, I cast you. you and now it's your job to kiss me. And so some of them I was directing. So sometimes yeah. I would yell cut into the boy's mouth, you know, like everyone like a close up kiss would be kissing and then I'd go like cut. It's not good. How do you get comfortable with those scenes? Like what did you do to get comfortable? I've done so many. I just don't care. But the problem is they care. So that's what I have to like, st- I was like, I was like, you know, like you're invading their space and especially like on set, I, I want to get things done. Like I want to get in and out and we've got, like, we shoot so quick on that show. So I just like be like, Hey, just, I don't care what you do to me. I'm just going to kiss you. Like I like it. And I hope that's okay. And then, but then I don't know, are you, are you like invading their space or, but then it's like, you have to be convincingly gay in this scene. You have to seem like you like me. Also there's, um, you have like, so I've kissed folks on camera, but I've never kissed folks on camera where there was, like, any amount of nudity yeah. or, like, s- even skin. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're, like, not wearing a shirt. And I'm the other rarely is. naked, but they're often naked. We, like, sometimes yeah. there's, like, some some of that stuff going on. Is that really full on What is that like? Some, it's, like, um, fine. I mean, it's never that fun. It sounds stressful, to be honest. It's my thing when I got to, but then this is a bit creepy. I was like, you know, I just have to like try and like it, you know? It's like, this is a cute yeah, boy and we're kissing and it's my job to like, when they say action to the end, to be like in, in love with this boy and then they say cut and then you stop. But then usually the lines get really weirdly blurred and the person that I'm kissing, even if they're straight, well, like they'll say cut and then they'll like, just like kind of spoon me while they change the lights and stuff and it gets in this like because they're the same you usually they're like trying to pretend they love me and it gets the day gets all blurred and it's weird they're always weird and then you and then once I once we finished the scene and I went up and like put my hand like I hugged this boy and I was like oh fuck you're not my boyfriend <laughs> like you know you get like in this it's, and they do it too usually my wife and I had a show together mm-hmm. so we often would film stuff in bed. We weren't like, it wasn't usually sexy stuff, but Mm -hmm. just like in bed together, right? And I started having dreams when we were shooting. I started having dreams that there was like a director and a DP in our bedroom with us at night because like that is very weird to just be with. I mean, and this is somebody I actually do sleep next to. Mm -hmm. So it would be very, that thing that you're talking about, about like forgetting where you are or whatever, like, um, sometimes between takes just like getting real comfy and then I would forget what, in my actual life that there was not somebody there's not people filming. That, like, yeah, like, the opposite. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah it was terrible. It actually was like completely a bizarre experience. It's very weird faking intimacy. I mean, and I feel like the, the scenes where you're sort of not really kissing but you're just kind of like playing on their chest like in the early in the morning and being like cute to each other. It's, that's like a weird thing to do because you have to do such to try and make them honest, like people do such weird shit to their partner in the morning, you know, and I'd always be like doing stuff like that. But that's like a human that I'm touching that I employed, which is like, I mean, 
scary. Yeah, that's a whole thing. Yeah. How are you at like actual human intimacy, like with a boyfriend? <laughs> is that Fine. is that is that easy for you? Like, I just mean, I mean because you're earlier talking about like as a younger person having like a like stage being easier, and then now it's like off stage being easier. So now that you're doing a lot of stuff on camera, has it affected at all your ability to be intimate off camera? No, no, no. I've always been fine in a relationship. I've also like never not been in a relationship. Like I kissed the first boy and then we dated for two and a half years and we broke up. And then a month later I started dating this other guy for two and a half years. And then we broke up and then a month later I started dating this other guy for five years. That is, it turns out, against the stereotype for your people. Yeah, yeah. Do folks talk to you about that? Like, like that you're a dude in a bunch of relationships. We're always open. So it's not that unstereotypical. It was also very slutty. I feel like some people don't think about guys as being boyfriends, though. I feel like that's still something that we don't really explore a lot of. I don't know. Like the cash hookup culture being like the only thing that most men are doing is, I think, something still a lot of folks outside the community think. Like that there's there's a hookup culture, but there isn't like also a boyfriend. Oh, yeah, I was doing both. So that boyfriend thing is, at least in the U.S., like still something I think think a lot of folks don't assume about gay men. Showing it in a cute way. And this is like, I don't know, I like, one of my things I'm like most proud of in in my show was like always showing just like regular intimacy between these couples that isn't so heightened and weird. And they were treated the same as straight couples because, of course, they are the same. You know what my mom said to me after this? There was this sex scene that I did in this, like, warehouse. And um, she said, oh, that was very sweet, that 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 sex scene. It was just so, like... And then she was appalled. She goes, I just want to ask you. I just want to ask you. I said, you're going to get embarrassed. You're going to get mad. But I just need to ask. When you guys were... Because we were, like, kissing, like, face to face. And she goes, can you can you do it like that? <laughs> I was like, yeah, mom, you can do it like that. And she goes, well, that's a nicer way of doing it. You know what? Your mom and I have something in common because I learned that that is possible in the by watching the television show Queer as Folk. Oh, yeah. Like, but that just seems so obvious to me. Of course, like, we just have sex normally in that scene no, for my mom, No, not I of think. course. I think, you know, like, when we look at how gay men are depicted, yeah. it is so... And not just, I don't mean depicted, I mean, like, talked about. Like, the mm-hmm. way that we talk about gay men, it is so fucking bizarre. It is so bizarre the way we talk about gay men. Like, um, that there are, that there's kind of, like, no worries. Like, like that everything's a casual hookup mm-hmm. and there's, like, never emotions involved. Yeah. And then I think that's also paired with, like, this imagination of sex. is like, well, if that's true, then they wouldn't be facing each other. Yeah. Because, like, that would be intimate and sweet and cool and, like, that would be something you could build on. But that's not what men want. I, I think the like way the- people imagine gay men, like, says a lot about what our culture expects from men. From men, yeah. Which is, like, that men are essentially, like— hateful you know like that men wouldn't that if there's no woman around to regulate things that they just that they would never want to see each other and that they would like want to almost hurt each other very utilitarian do you know what i like telling straight guys i didn't know what you'll think about this so my lesbian friends they like love anal sex and um i like talking to straight guys and i'm like you know lesbians like they love anal sex and they're always like so blown away because like they've always thought that anal sex was like a favor that girls were doing, you know, oh for my straight God. men. And it's always like, it's just my, like, I just love this, like the face they make and watching them come to terms with like what girls actually want 
they want this, not just like not just for boys. And I'm like, yeah. You know what? Um, I can't believe I'm going to say this on the podcast, but I agree with you. Yeah. Absolutely. And well, yeah, it's because it uh, is totally fun. Lesbian, it's totally fun. Lesbian sex, I think, sounds like the best sex of the three. Why I think is it that? It sounds like the most fun. It's just a bit more like, like the the narrative is a bit freer. I feel like you know, <laughs> it's not like so goal orientated, and like um, it's a bit more creative. And I don't know. I just always maybe just my friend is like really good at it. I mean, she talks about it. It sounds maybe <laughs> she's like a, a master or something. But I'm always like, that sounds like the best one. Well, I feel like the what you're talking about is negotiation. You know, like folks like working together yeah. to solve a problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, like and the problem is like we're not satisfied until yeah. now. Like let's have sex so that we are satisfied. Yeah. And I feel like number one, that's how everybody should be approaching sex. Mm-hmm. Like, but I think also more gay men talk I mean again this is like I'm imagining this so correct me if I'm wrong I think more gay men talk about sex that way than maybe we than we think than like stereotypically we think which is like what do you like what do I what do I like let's do something we both like yeah exactly you know or like let's do a bunch of things we both like and to me the way that like the way that uh lesbian sex and gay sex and all the different types of queer sex are reduced actually like really fucks over straight people the most because I think straight people sometimes like don't get this message that like the goal is talk to each other figure out what you want yeah achieve that because we're forced into a corner to communicate you know yes you can't just put a dick in a bat you have to like find out and and it turns you know. out you actually shouldn't be able to just put a dick anywhere without having no. a conversation about no. it. Because it's, like, not well, going to be as good. But you presume, I guess, a heterosexual, you presume the girl is into, you know. Yeah, but, like, I guess that's what I'm saying is that. Maybe not. For yeah. those, for your for those straight friends to ask you the question of, like, wait a minute, lesbians could like anal sex? Yeah. Like, then that means that they have never had a conversation with their own partner. About it. Where yeah. their converse, where their partner is being honest with them. Hmm. So, then I don't know. Maybe Does that make you sad a little it, bit? Well, I don't know. Maybe they're doing it great. I don't know. I never, <laughs> I don't know. No, talking is key. Yeah. All chats all the time. Well, no, I mean, like, not all chats. Like, do the other stuff, too. <laughs> like, stop talking for, like, some a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At some point, we have to focus. Yeah, don't talk all the way through. That's yeah. not going to work. Um, you've been a delight. This the end? It's kind of the end in a second. I was going to ask you about Aquero, and you said before we started that I should, like, give you a little extra time, so. No, we can talk about it now. Okay. But I don't know if this is really what I think. But, I, you know, I was thinking about, uh... You know my older brother's gay. I didn't. I don't want to say he's my. Yeah, of course you don't know that. I I said that like you would know it, but my my older brother is gay. Do you have other siblings? Uh, yeah, I have an older sister as well. And I was like, that makes life easy, doesn't it? I don't think he really ever did anything like actively to help me, but like he just came out first, and my parents were chill, and I just saw my whole family didn't care. That makes coming out very easy. That's pretty great. I'm happy for you. Mm. Have you ever talked to him about his experience coming out? No. No, Look, we don't like I don't chat about things. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that'd be like odd, I, I think. To talk to my brother? Your brother? Ah, that'd be a pretty weird thing to do. All right. Yeah, well, we don't really do I that. I don't want, yeah, I don't want you to. No. Don't force yourself. Why start now? Yeah, why would you? Mm. What about, hey, where you're from, it turns out the place that you were mm-hmm. raised, uh, 
is like in the midst of some marriage equality. We have it now, right? Yeah, I think yeah. you have it, but I don't think <laughs> I don't I think you have it or like the referendum happened, but no people are getting married. Okay. Like it immediately went into effect. No, they had to vote. Like there was in. the vote, but then like after the vote. vote. Yeah. Oh, it was just the worst thing. Because here there was like a delayed between like when when some places legalized and like then when you could I'm really doubting myself now. But I'm pretty sure people have been getting married. Yeah, yeah, definitely, 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 <laughs> definitely. People getting married. They put it in a while ago. But that's like still pretty dang new. Oh, it's like six months old or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like. So I also just want to point that out for anybody that's listening. That like the whole time you were making your show, you, you know, were also like making that show in a country where. Gay folks couldn't get married. The and conversation I, about gay people in my country in the five years that we're making that show changed so much. The first episode had a gay kiss in it, and they moved it to, like, their secondary channel, and there was all these news articles saying that they did it because of the gay content. I don't know if that's true, but it was just, like, such a thing. Like, it was such a hullabaloo that there were gays in this show. And I just... Now, I just don't think there would be. I think it would just be accepted. It's changed so much in the five years. And there's no way we would have passed marriage equality five years ago, especially by this terrible vote. And now we did. I just can't believe how much it's changed. And do you, were, were there other shows, scripted shows with, like, gay or queer characters during that time? Or was there's another like- one I can think of, but not... Not like with just with such romance and like and like central character that's like dating a couple different people and it's yeah. like serious always and all that's that like stuff. a gay comedy I can think of, but I don't think they kiss really much and especially not like like intimately. Yeah. Um. And it was just it was just a, we had to talk about the edit a lot and it was just very weird. And just now, I just nobody would be that bothered. I mean. M- Maybe partially because the show existed. Can you no, take that on? No, I don't on? think so. No, I don't think we. You know. I'm not saying you change culture. I'm just saying you change culture. No, I'm saying um, you know when there's a hullabaloo about a first kiss, they kind mm. of can't have. I mean, you can, but media can't cover a hullabaloo about the three hundredth kiss. You know what I mean? No. Like, it, like it has to eventually. Just die down. Just kind of become normative because you literally can't even get that many clicks once it's like, no, no, we like had, we've like written all these articles and stuff. So just even that, like getting in the way of folks having a huge response to it means a lot. Like I think that does help the general overall cause. So as you go into the rest of your day, just like feel good about that. That I fixed Australia? You fixed it. Wow. Can you believe it? Not good on me. Yeah. I mean, Mm. man, it wasn't even, huh, huh. Yeah. This uh, sour cream on the grandmother, dumping kid, <laughs> getting in here, changing a whole continent. Mm. Um, so anyway, I have ended on a compliment. As you said at the beginning, oh, Americans yeah. like starting Thank a compliment. Thank you, open and close the meeting with a compliment. Yeah, this was a great if meeting. I, I can't wait to work together. Really and nice like, time. congrats on fixing Australia. The I feel like I left this smarter. You taught me about that book and the movie. <laughs> we had a really, I got to think about gay casting some more. Mm, yeah, it's been good. Well, look, you're not going to have to go to the DMV for like a while. That's not true. I got to go and do my practical test. <laughs> Fuck, I'm really sorry. I got to go like next week. Let me out of here. All I right. do not, not, it's not right. the, not yeah, the No, I mean like the, you mean the, DMV. Yeah. 
Well, look, that's the price that you have to pay to live in the most free country <laughs> in the universe. No, it is very free. Yeah, it's very, very free. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much, Josh. Appreciate you. Yeah. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.